0: Hi, this is Howard Jacobson. I am delighted to be on the phone today with Miyoko Shinner of ArtisanVeganLife.com. Hello, Miyoko.
1: Hi, Howard. Nice to talk to you again. Likewise.
0: So, so we met at a, a vegan blogging conference a couple of weeks ago and I was lucky enough to, uh, to win the, uh, the, the swag bag that included uh, your book artisan vegan cheese and i have to say so we've i've made 3 different um, batches and i'm i'm ready to um nominate you for a nobel prize
1: oh wonderful is there one in the vegan cheese category there should be there should be yeah or i've, I've, I've got
0: to, i've got to say that your uh, your air dried gouda is at least as important for human civilization as literature
1: Oh, I think I think you're you're absolutely right, you know. And if everyone can make it, it would stop fighting.
0: (laughs) So, so in this in this uh, interview, I want to talk to you about um, you know what you do and and your your path. But I I do have to say, from looking at the the photos on your website and then doing the the cheese tasting at a uh, at a gala that that I attended, um, you you've really um, changed my mind about what is possible in terms of plant-based food, and not just plant-based food, because you know, we all know there's lots of stuff out there that's you know fake this, fake that, fake meat, fake cheese, but your stuff is, is pretty much whole food, plant-based, like actually really nutritious, and... Um, unbelievably different from certainly the, the late 1970s lentil loaf fare that, you know, I grew up thinking that vegetarians ate.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's exactly the reason I wrote that book. And I do eat a whole foods, plant-based diet. You know, I don't like to have processed food unless I'm, um, you know, even vegan processed food unless I'm at a vegan bloggers conference where they're <laughs> shoving that stuff down our throat. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course I enjoy it for the moment. but. But generally speaking, you know, the only kind of food that makes me feel good um, are the ones that are whole, real food. You know, things that grow from the ground and are as unadulterated as much as possible. So vegetables, um, nuts, seeds, legumes, whole grains. Um, and so, I just felt it, it's got it. There's got to be a way to obtain those really rich flavors that I loved so much before I became a vegan. Um, using whole plant-based foods, um, and that's how the cheese book came about.
0: So let's let's uh, let's start there with, um, you know, you, what were you eating um, before you made your transition? What was your, and, and what was your relationship to food? Were you, did you always know you were going to be a chef?
1: Well, you know, I became a vegetarian when I was 12, and I started cooking shortly thereafter. So I was a lacto a vegetarian for the first, I don't know, 15 years or so of, of um, when I switched my diet at the age of twelve, and so I transitioned to veganism sort of in my mid to, mid to late twenties. But until then, I had a, a diet that was very rich in dairy products. And I just loved French cuisine, and so you know whatever it was, uh, just uh, butter, tons of butter, and, and heavy cream, and cheese of every sort filled my um, filled filled my uh, meals. You know. Morning, noon, and night—that's kind of what I ate.
0: Hmm. So, so, what led you to the transition to to remove all that incredibly important and you know delicious stuff from your diet?
1: Oh, I just realized it wasn't very healthy, and it, it just at some point I realized you know this is—I lived in Japan, so I didn't have a lot of access to uh, information about um, you know the uh, the ethics of raising uh, livestock. So for, for I was really looking at it purely from a, plant, from a uh, health standpoint, and it just it just occurred to me one day, you know, this can't be healthy. And I looked around at the Japanese. I was living in Japan at the time, and they were all healthy, and they were not gorging themselves on, on um, dairy products like I was. And um, it was just, there was just a wake up call one day. I thought, Wow, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got rid of it. Um, I got rid of most of it. You know, the transition took a little while. It wasn't like overnight I stopped eating dairy products, but I started getting rid of it as much as possible. And then it was, well, how am I going to make the same dishes? Um, you know, um, and that's really when I became sort of a vegan chef because I'd been cooking all those years, but until I had a need to replicate those flavors that I loved so much, I didn't really have a need to experiment. So huh. back in the, you know, it was the mid-'80s or so is when I really, really delved into vegan cooking um so was it, was actually, it, it was
0: actually it was actually the constraint that that yeah. caused you to start flexing your chef muscles
1: that's exactly right
0: yeah yeah ah. so when you yeah. say you, you realized it was unhealthy were you can i ask if you were having sort of personal health issues or is it sort of a a generalized uh you know realization you know
1: it was really a generalized realization i was i was in my you know mid early to mid-20s at the time, so I was, didn't have any health problems. I was pretty healthy. Um, but um, I, I, I don't really remember what the exact trigger was, but I think I somehow made that connection between cholesterol and, and overall health. And, you know, I had not been to the doctor in years, so I, have, I really can't say, oh, my cholesterol numbers went from, you know, 230 to 127 or something. But I do know after I, in, in my late 20s, was a, probably the first time I actually had my cholesterol count. And um, this was in Japan, and I found out it was like 127 or something like that. Um, or maybe it was lower, I can't remember. Um, I wasn't a complete vegan at the time. And, and so, I, you know, I, I didn't have any basis of comparison. Um, but the biggest thing was, I used to have these chronic stomach aches. And I noticed about, I don't know, several months after I stopped, I got dairy out of my diet, I no longer have these stomach aches. And I made, you know, I finally made that connection. Gee, maybe I wasn't supposed to eat all that stuff to begin with. Um, There's just like 90% of the, of the uh, human population has um, allergies to dairy without even knowing about it. and it may, Just because you don't have an immediate reaction doesn't mean that, you know, um, you don't have chronic issues that can be resolved by getting rid of that
0: theory. Mm. So, so when you decided to become a chef, so I know, you know, oh. I've met a lot of you know cookbook authors and a lot of chefs. Um, you're actually the person who has kind of gone farthest in in experimentation and and trying to create things that have never existed before. Where do where do you think that where do you think that came from?
1: Thank you so much. Um, it comes from hubris. <laughs> I I'm kind of I'm joking, but you know I just have I have this. It's like okay, I want to have this. Well, and it doesn't exist. It's like okay, well, I'm just going to figure out how to make it. And sometimes I put my my what's the the cart before the horse where I put I um, will tell people I'm going to make. It's like oh yeah, I know how to make this, and I absolutely have no idea whatsoever. Um. So I have to now, you know, prove that I can't make it. So I have to. <laughs> this will lead me into many months in the kitchen experimenting. Um, so i made all kinds of promises to people about things that, in fact, the cheese book came along because of that too. I told somebody that I was, um, you know, I had all these cheeses and I actually didn't. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had to make good on my word there. Um, but I don't know. I, but thank you for your compliment. I don't know if that true that I've gone further than anybody, but that's a very sweet thing for you to say. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I, I really like classic flavors. I mean, my, I guess I was, in my early 20s, I was living in Japan, and I was eating all this phenomenal food back in Japan. Um, they were kind of ahead of the curve in terms of um, the food revolution, you know, in the early 80s or so. And I just got spoiled rotten with the um, all the fabulous options that were available even as a vegetarian, there, and you know, once you get used to a certain flavor profile, uh, you just want to be able to replicate it. And I had come from being a vegetarian in the 70s when I was eating lentil loaf. When I discovered the world of French, French and Italian cuisine, um, I just couldn't look back. Um, so I've kind of gone down that path ever since. But from a plant-based uh, point. Mm.
0: So were you, were you classically trained as a chef? Because when I as, when I go through the 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 vegan the artisan vegan cheese book, I'm just amazed. At, you know, tapioca flour and um, you know agar agar and things. Like if I if I tried to make mozzarella in my kitchen, I would probably start a fire or blow something up before I produced anything. Like where did you get your 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 palate of even things to try?
1: Oh well, you're you're really sweet. You know, uh, tapioca and agar; those are ingredients that are in many many vegan pantries. Um, so a lot of people use those things. Um, but you know, I just try to re- remember what was this texture like. Now, if I come up with a if I try to create a new recipe, I always think, okay, you know, do I have any recollection of the flavor and the texture? And then I try to figure out um, what can I use to replicate those. Um, I don't know. It's it's not, um, you know, some people have called me a food scientist. Um, I don't, I'm not. I mean, I haven't been classically trained as either a chef or a food scientist, although I've had very, very good, um, mentors. You know, I was, um, when I was learning how to cook to begin with, I had, I interned for a friend of mine who was a trained chef and she had a catering company. And, um, I learned a lot about classic French cuisine from her, um, all vegetarian she wouldn't you know she realized that I was a vegetarian so I didn't help her with any of the meat items but I learned a lot about baking cooking from her and then I worked in a um, uh, a bakery when I was younger so I learned from him I had a, there was a Swedish baker there so I learned a lot of baking techniques from him so I've had some you know I've had some training although not in a school setting um, but gee um, I don't know <laughs> It's a, I have a, you know, it's like some people have a knack for playing music. I have a knack for cooking. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll put it that way. Yeah.
0: Right. And also, you know, I love what you said about hubris, but I'm also, you know, reading through your website and having met you, there's also a lot of humility there around, you know, this mozzarella, this buffalo mozzarella that I made was good, but one omnivore said it wasn't right. And I, and I said, you know, deep down, I know he's right like you, yeah, you know there must be you know a, a part of you that's um that's very willing to acknowledge this isn't perfect yet cuz i'm sure i don't know i guess you've gone through like maybe hundreds of iterations of some of these recipes trying to get it right
1: you you're absolutely right and you know i always want to make the best food and i'm always trying to emulate myself and and um you know i know when something isn't good i mean there's you know, to be honest i mean you know, three quarters of the food that I make, I would never put in a cookbook. I I wouldn't serve it to guests. I mean, you know, you come home from work and you're tired, and and you slap some dinner together. I mean, would I take a picture of it and put it on? I wouldn't even take a picture and put it on Facebook. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, I mean, we we can't all create masterpieces all the time, and that's so it's it's hard work. That's really what it's about. I mean, you, you know, people have a knack for different things. I have a knack for cooking, but in addition to the knack, is really just a lot of hard work behind it, and mm. and the fact, yeah, most of the stuff that I make, I would not put in I I don't think it's past the, the, cookbook test or even a blog test. You know, I really have to have, a, I have to meet a certain standard before I'm willing to publish it or put it out to the public.
0: Right, and and I and I love that people are going to hear that because I think it'll it'll give people, um, you know, a, a feeling of what they're doing is okay. Like I, I remember, the uh, I have a, a friend who uh, was a chef, and I was going to cook a meal. We were going to get together our families, and I was going to cook a meal. And I was sweating. I was so nervous, and, oh, you know, okay. and I and I ended up making. You know, I, I didn't have the time to do anything fancy. Luckily, and I just made this very sort of basic meal, and uh-huh. and he loved it, and I kept yeah. apologizing. He's like, "No, man, I don't want to eat restaurant food all day."
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely and and that's and I don't either. You know, I mean, um, there are only certain recipes that I would serve at any sort of you know, like I had a, I used to have a restaurant in the past and and or or din- you know to a dinner party, but on on a daily basis, I mean, even my own cheese, my cheese is made from largely from nuts, which are very very high in in fat, and um, it's very rich food. I wouldn't, I don't want to eat my cheese on a daily basis. I want to eat, you know, I mean. I want to eat veggies and and grains, you know, very simple. Um, So,
0: yeah. Although, anyway. although I ha- I have to say it's 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 hard to keep the uh, your cheese around once I make it. it. It seems everyone's coming up with things to spread it on.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> <Well>, that's good. <laughs> well, l- I mean, luckily, there's
0: four of us liking it, so the uh, yeah. no one's taking the the lion's share
1: of, of the fat head. That's good, that's good. That's being uh, equally shared. So so, so yeah. the
0: first thing I read on your website is that you mostly cook for omnivores. So wh- yeah.
1: why is that
0: um, significant or important for you?
1: Well, it's important because I don't want my food to be just uh, good enough for vegans, if that makes sense. You know, I think once you eat a plant-based diet, your taste buds change. And you have, in, in some cases, you know, you're happy with, Certain foods that other people would turn their nose up to, at, is it to or at? Well, whatever. Um, and so, because I I cook mainly from omnivores, meaning that around me are mostly omnivores. I mean, although I have uh, vegans around me as well, I would say you know 90% of the people that I, I cook for uh, that come into my home as guests or friends or whatever happen to be, uh, those will eat everything. And I want the food. I want to I want to reach out to the omnivores. I don't want to just cook for vegans. I want to cook for people that might say, "Wow, that's really good. Gee, I might look a little bit more into veganism." Mm-hmm. Wow, if that's that's what vegan food tastes like, I could be vegan. So that's important to me. It's important to me that my food is is just, just it's just good food, not you know good for being vegan.
0: Hmm. So it's it's uh it's part of your outreach.
1: It is part of my outreach, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I, the other day um, I did a fundraiser for a homeless, a local homeless program out here, and they had a big, um, you know, one of these big galas, and I was one of two chefs um, that were, that were we were making appetizers to serve the crowd, and the other chef was was a uh, restaurant chef, so you know, regular food, and, and I was making um, vegan stuff, um, mostly cheese-based dishes, and people just kept coming back for more. So there, here's a group of people that are Um, all omnivores, no one's a vegan in that crowd, and and they're just like, wow, I can't believe this is vegan, and this is so fantastic, and that's, you know, that's, those are people that I want to plant a seed in, because they taste my food, and they love it, they're going to, you know, the next time they come across a vegan cookbook, or uh, a vegan meal, or a vegan idea, they're going to go, huh, maybe this is something I can explore.
0: Hmm. And and the uh, you know, the energy that I've gotten from you is that you're only in favor of things. You're not really against anything. So there's, I don't I don't feel like there's a uh, you know you're you're promoting a plant-based diet as opposed to making feel bad people feel bad if they're eating some other kind of diet.
1: You're absolutely right. I I don't think that works at all. I, I mean the, the negative thing you know you're bad because you're eating. Uh, you know, you're, you're causing animal suffering, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think that works. Um, I think you win more converts. I and mean, when people are ready for the message, they're going to get it. There's enough information out there um, to, to get the message, you know, for whatever reason, environmental impact, um, animals, um, you know, your own health, whatever it is, The there's enough information all over the Internet, all over, everywhere. Um, so they're going to get that. But what people... You know, I there's kind of a weird perception of vegans out there in the omnivore world. I mean, a lot of omnivores really do think vegans are <laughs> kind of wacky, you know, or they eat funny stuff. I mean, it really is true because I, I I talk to these people all the time, and they don't really think, a lot of times, they don't even know what we eat. They'll go, oh, so you can't have bread? Mm-hmm. You know, because they think vegan means, you know, you're gluten-free or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right now that's, that's your <laughs> paleo so much, friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> So whatever the perception is out there, um, the the one thing that speaks to everybody is 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 how something tastes. Good food speaks to everybody. And so if you can, you know, just get good food out there, good vegan food out there, and it just happens to be plant based and happens to be whole foods plant based, not made out of a bunch of, you know, I'm also not, I'm not a promoter of processed vegan food. I mean, you'll probably. You can see that in my cookbook. I don't. I don't use any processed foods in there. But, you know, um, other than I guess, unless you talk about like tapioca flour, which is ground up tapioca. Um,
0: right. Well, my pearl. my rule is if I can make it in my kitchen,
1: <laughs> then it's that's okay. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of where I am too. So, um, who was it? Somebody had this great expression: "If it grows from plants, use it. If it comes from a plant, don't use it."
0: <laughs> I like that
1: yeah so
0: um you know one one of the contributions i see you making is for people who are you know omnivores who are peering in to the plant-based world through the window they're seeing something really appealing really familiar that they don't they don't have to you know give it up forever they can still get the same experience the same richness the same the same joy from it how do you uh, advise people who who come to you who have that realization and then they want to transition
1: um, you know i usually well how do i advise them that's um, maybe you don't <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't know if i advise them i usually encourage them and if they want you know recipes or websites i try to um Encourage them to, you know, I will, uh, I will let them know about other sources. Um, I, you know, uh, I'll cook for them, um, things like that. Um, I don't, you know, I, I guess the only advice I, I do give people is, is if I do, you know, if somebody comes to, comes to me, is well, try to. Uh, you know, so many people will say, oh yeah, you know, I. I, I, I'm becoming a vegan. I was so inspired and I went out and bought all these meat substitutes and, and, uh, you know, I try to, I don't discourage them entirely, but I try to show them that there's a lot of stuff they can do on their own at home that uses less processed, um, you know, less isolated soy protein and, and, um, just less processed foods in general. Cause I, you know, it's, it's definitely, is, better for the environment to, um, and, and for animals to uh, eat soy burgers instead of, you know, hamburgers perhaps, but I don't know. I mean, I just, it's still processed food, and I just encourage, I really encourage cooking, you know, getting into your kitchen, rolling up your sleeves, and making real, honest, plant-based food. All
0: right. So I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm on Amazon now, looking at Japanese cooking, which I guess was your first yeah.
1: cookbook? No, that was my second. Your book, second, okay. yeah, and yeah. That's, I, I, that's out of print now. That was that came out in nineteen ninety. So that was almost twenty four years ago. Wow. When my first book came
0: out, yeah. Well, I'm looking at the table of contents here, and you know, uh, you know, noodles, meals in a pot, meals in a bowl, and I'm thinking about. um my first, my my prejudice is without all the you know the beef stock or the fish stock, it's it's not going to taste right. And I, I guess well, that was that was that was probably your uh, the the place you started, right?
1: Well, there there is a long tradition of of amazing, phenomenal vegan um, cooking in Japan in the temples, um, in the Buddhist temples because they had to they have to have a, a vegan diet. It's called Shojin Ryori, which um, and so that has it's you know there's a, a thousands year old tradition. If you ever go to Japan, go to a temple and uh, that serves this type of cuisine and be prepared for the most amazing meal of your life. It'll, you know, prepare be prepared to be there for three or four hours because that's how long it takes. So you can do phenomenal things um, just with uh, with um, Plant-based ingredients um, for Japanese cooking as well, and you can get the same sorts of flavors. In fact, I should tell you, I just had a group from Japan. Uh, they're opening up a, a vegan restaurant in Kyoto, and they came to study with me for a week. Um, just about a couple of months ago, was that they were here for a week, and I, you know, taught them how to make um, vegan food, including some Japanese dishes. Um,
0: they were really, really
1: amazed as to how you know it was possible to capture the same rich flavors um, of either cuisine using all plant-based materials. So, hmm. anyway. So, but, yeah, so even, had, even
0: though it's, it's, 20, it's 23 and a half years old, um, it, it, it still has something to teach us? Or at least oh, it. that
1: book's not 23 and a half years old. That book's only, I don't know, 15 years
0: old. Okay.
1: It's been out for a while. I had another book that was written years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been writing books for a long time. I'm just not the most prolific one on the planet. But, yeah, I, I started writing books before, Internet, before, you know, the word vegan was, co- was common. So, uh, in fact, uh, for my very first book, we didn't put vegan on the cover at all because the publisher didn't feel that that would help sell it. Mm. So we avoided, you know, we avoided any mention of vegan or vegetarian. Um
0: right well yeah i feel like that's uh that's a really smart way in if, you know if someone has yeah. a great meal they they may not even register that there's not a big slab of meat in the middle of the plate
1: that's that's exactly true, yeah, yeah,
0: so they I, I know, don't. They I know don't. a lot of people you know look for it and and yeah. can't, you know can't can't imagine the plate without that right you know the the meat the starch, and maybe a little bit of green stuff that goes back into the kitchen.
1: Well, we just have to show them. That's, right. You know, that's—I feel like that's my mission on this planet—is to show people that you don't need to eat that way. Um, and then you know, they can figure it out themselves. I mean, I don't—you know—that a lot of the stuff that I write in my books or, or teach or whatever—I mean, they're not the things that I eat every day because I eat very, very simply on a daily basis. So tell I me, mean, really what, yeah, what's what's
0: but. a uh, what's a typical? Uh, daily consumption, you know, meal set that you would have just for for people who are looking for, you know, ideas, or everyday. Oh,
1: it's, it's very on everyday cooking. It's very boring. Um Every morning I have either some sort of green smoothie or green juice, so that you know it's pretty much all raw and just fruits and veggies for breakfast. And then lunch I usually have either some kind of uh, you know, it's either some sort of big salad or I eat a bunch of. I cook some vegetables up and maybe throw some beans or some grains in it. Very boring. And then dinner, uh, you know, I tr- that's when the family gets together. I'll try to cook something a little bit more interesting every night. Um, but we also have a few nights a week I will do something that's just called our vegetable dinner where we mainly just eat vegetables um, just to kind of keep our diet light and uh, so we don't overindulge. And then, you know, some other night we might. Uh, and then other nights, will. You know, we'll have something um, that's a little bit more indulgent. Um, so um, I don't have any rules, but I would say that, you know, my diet is mainly fruits and vegetables and grains. Mm. <laughs> there some legumes in there. So, um, so, when,
0: you, cool when, stuff. so when you say yeah. boring, do you mean it's boring to eat or just sort of boring to describe and listen to?
1: Oh, I would say it's, it's boring to describe and listen to. Um, you know, it's not boring. To eat for me I mean I love Nothing but You know A plate of uh, Just some Sauteed kale With some garlic And a splash Of soy sauce I mean that For me that's heaven I love I love eating that That has more flavor To me than um, You know Than I don't know I mean I Recently I had this um, There's a new uh, Vegan chicken product On the market um, That's being touted By people like Mark Bittman as, as being just You know Apparently in a Blind taste test He couldn't tell The difference Between that And chicken And I had some And um I thought, wow, it's so bland. Is this what chicken is like? Because I don't, really, I don't remember. It's been you know 30 years since I've had chicken. Um, and someone said, yeah, chicken is actually pretty bland. It's like, well, if it's so bland, I mean, there's so much more flavor in a plate of kale or broccoli. To be honest, yeah, that's that's got so much more flavor. I mean, I could eat a. I'm happy eating a big plate of, of, of well-prepared vegetables or a ratatouille or, um, you know. Um, or some sort of chickpea curry or something um, that to me has a lot more flavor. Um, I when I cook for omnivores, I do try to reach out to the flavors that are a little bit more familiar. However, uh, just to you know make it make that transition a little bit easier for them. But um, is it boring for me to eat? No, no, it, it's not. You know a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah, because that's my experience too. I'll have you know a smoothie every morning, and I, I get very excited about them.
1: <laughs> I do. I'll,
0: I'll get up. I'll I'll start. I'll do some exercises. Maybe I'll meditate, take a shower, and all the while I'm just like my reward is going to be this smoothie. It's probably the same one I've had forty times in the past three months, and I'm still like really excited about it.
1: Yeah, and, and not only that, but you feel good afterwards, and that's the thing that you know. There's a lot of people, uh, I've been having this discussion with more vegans lately, but there's this this growing crowd of young vegans that um, are celebrating veganism by eating as much vegan junk food and processed, you know, vegan junk food as possible, and, you know, they're they're heavy, um, and they don't seem to be disturbed by the fact that, you know, um, they're 300 pounds or or whatever, Um, and, and... Everyone has the right to be whatever size they are, but I do want to say that um, that's not the diet that I want to promote. I mean, I want to be the example of that vibrant, energetic, um, healthy vegan that's got the energy to do all this stuff. Because um, when you put, you know, it doesn't matter if it's vegan or if it's if it's full of animal products. It's, it's junk in, is junk out. And you can't continue even fighting for animals or for um you know, for the environment, if if you're tired all the time, if you're you know, if you're carrying all that extra weight and it's and you're feeling sluggish, I mean, at some point you're going to burn out and you're not going to be able to put up that good fight that you want for you know the animals, which is why you're doing you're eating you know vegan food instead of um, regular food. Um, right. So and
0: and, and, I, and as we write about it in 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 whole. You know, everyone's heard the Chief Seattle quote, what you do to the earth, you do to yourself. We, You know, we feel like the opposite is also true. Whatever you do to yourself, you do to the earth. You know, right. even if, if you're eating a, a vegan diet that's full of processed foods and, and inappropriate, you know, amounts of stuff, you know, you're, you're part of it. It's not like you can separate yourself out and be be holy to everything else but yourself.
1: Right, and I'm not trying to be judgmental towards, you know, those that choose to eat primarily processed food. And if you're transitioning from a, an omnivore diet to a vegan diet and you just find it easier to eat more processed food, you know, I mean, that's still a step in the right direction because it's less environmental impact and it's still healthier. Um, but, you know, the, um, just um, just overall, I, I, the more um, we eat real food, the more... Um, we actually get into our kitchens and cook from scratch, the better it is not only for our health, but the planet. Uh, there's less waste. There's less, you know, energy put into producing those foods. Um, and uh, it's better for the animals because um, we'll be there long enough, you know, be there long enough, uh, be around long enough to help them. So.
0: Yep. Uh, well, it's, you know, every, every, yeah. everything everything comes down to, you know, what do you want out of life? And, you know, you're... <laughs> Uh, all your decisions, including your eating decisions, you know, can be reduced to that. And, you know, for me, the tragedy I see is people either don't ask the question or are so confused by media that they don't think there's any relationship to what I put in my mouth and what I want out of life.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. I I agree with you. Um, I mean, when you are healthy, you get a lot more out of life. I mean, I just know that, you know, there was a period of my life when I ate a lot more, uh, vegan junk food, you know, um, than I do today. And, um, you know, I get that 4 o'clock low, it's, you know, 4 o'clock I, I just would need that coffee fix to get me back on my feet and and stuff. And and after I started eating more of a whole food plant-based diet, I just found that I had a lot more energy. You know, I didn't need that pick-me-up and, you know, mid-afternoon pick-me-up a snack or a coffee drink or whatever. Um, and I can, there's so much more I can do because of that. Um, and and you know, and I've not only that but it affected my mental health. I mean I think I became happier. I would I had I would have less uh instances of depression because I don't think I had the mood swings from you know the, the sugars and, and the caffeine and all of that stuff too. I mean not to say that I never indulge because I think um, indulgence is is uh, occasional indulgence um should be something in everyone's life, you know, because we all, we can't be too serious about food either. I mean, that's the other thing I caution against is, I mean, people that are just so obsessed with everything they put into their mouth, Uh, you know, the, the extreme opposite of the processed food vegan is the vegan that's like, oh, I can't eat that because it's got this in it or that in it, and I, you know, I can only eat some, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can just go overboard and become absolutely miserable because you're watching everything you put in your mouth, and when you're miserable, you can't absorb the nutrients either. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, hey, lighten up, you know. Have an occasional brownie. What's the big deal if you have it once in a while, you know? But it, it should be in moderation. It should be an occasional treat like it used to be 100 years ago. I mean, we didn't have snacks every single day. We had it once in a while. You had birthday cake on people's birthdays, not, you know, every day at school because somebody brings a big, you know, parents bring birthday cakes to school every day. Right. Um so I think there's a time and place for all of that stuff. I think there's a time and place to indulge. But, um, you know, take the time and take the place. Don't make it every day, everywhere.
0: Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, how do I have the willpower to, to eat the way I eat? And in my experience, the more I pay attention to cause and effect, the less important willpower becomes. It's like, you know, how do I have the willpower to not hit myself over the head with a hammer? It's like, well, yeah, well, true. yeah.
1: For easy. me, I mean, I, I don't. It, I don't think it required any willpower on my part. I mean, the the only change I made in my diet when I transitioned to a whole foods, plant based diet was I just started eating more vegetables and fruit. Instead of um, starting my day with a slice of toast, I just decided I'm going to just start my day with a smoothie. And um, you know, and as soon as I started incorporating more foods that were um, Nutrient rich. I just found I didn't have a craving for the other stuff, and it just sort of went away. So I can walk into a you know a vegan bakery and and I'll feel like okay I'm here in this you know I'm here in the city and so I should try this, but I don't really I'm not really craving anything. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know if I'd gone into a vegan bakery in the past, we'd be like oh my god I gotta have to So yeah, there's
0: you know there's um, in in whole I've been thinking more and more about. You know the bigger picture, the context, and even the bigger picture of whole whole plant-based food eating. um, It's it's really you know it's a lot about consciousness. About if you're uh, one of my favorite lines ever was from uh, John Robbins' Diet for a New America. Where, which I read in 1990, and really not since. And the line I remember is, Better franks and beer with thanks and cheer than sprouts and bread with doubts and dread. That, yes, you know, I
1: remember that, and it's absolutely true. I, I I agree, too. I mean, there's attitude, and, yeah, attitude is so much of it, you know, and how you feel, whether you, you experience joy in the food or not. Um, it's so true. I've met so many... Um, Vegans that are kind of have gone overboard in thinking of food mainly as a source of nutrients and not of joy. Yes, and we've lost we lose everything when we forget that food is there to nourish not only our bodies but our souls, and it brings us together. And nobody wants to break lousy bread together. We want to make you know we want bread that's like oh my god that's so good give me another piece. So, we have to remember that you know that food is something that brings people together it's something that people are supposed to celebrate together um, and uh it's not just to you know get your nutrients you probably aren't that if that's how you're looking at it
0: right. I remember one one study I read about um, was looking at people who uh, two groups of people I think maybe it was from from Thailand and the u s and they were each given a meal from each like sort of a, a a typical meal they would eat and it was identical and some for some bi, some biomarker measurements they found that each group got more nutrients out of the meal they were used to than the other group
1: Oh 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 right right yeah yeah I mean, in fact there's there's all kinds of studies that have been done about various things like um, you know if you dine alone apparently you don't absorb as many nutrients as you do if you're dining in a group um, or if you're standing up, you don't absorb as much as if you're sitting down, because that means you're you're not you know, you're more tense, you're not as relaxed. Um, so there's a lot of things that affect um, nutrient absorption. You know, um, or state of mind.
0: Huh. I have to so, look those yeah. up. I I hadn't heard yeah. of those.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we've uh, we've gone full circle in the in our conversation. I'm really. Glad to know you and so grateful that you took the time to, uh, to talk with me today. Um, so for people who are looking for more of your amazing, not everyday, but, you know, wow the pants off of your omnivore friends, cookbooks, if you, you can find them at artisanveganlife.com. Um, you can, they're on, they're on Amazon. Um, and you're also going to be at the uh, Vegetarian Summer Fest in around Pittsburgh in July, right?
1: Absolutely, and I'll be doing a demo on uh, making homemade vegan cheese. So,
0: yeah. right. so if, you're, if any, anyone's got the July Fourth weekend available and you want to learn from the, the Cheese Master. <laughs> Um, could do, I think it's vegetariansummerfest.org? You can go there and uh, and register for that. So Miyoko, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Howard, it was a delight. It was wonderful meeting you at uh, Vegan at uh, Vita Vegan Con, and I look forward to seeing you again.
0: Me too. Thanks.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.